What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch us recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with us in person while we're recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow us at at Jenkins and Jones to get notified when we go live. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Monday, June 26th, and Silly Billy Summer rolls on. we got another great episode for you today. We are talking to KG Sojobi, aerospace engineer, to answer our questions about why planes stay up in the air, <laughs> as well as talk about some uh, whether it was a good idea or a yeah. bad idea to take a minivan down to the <laughs> Titanic. Uh, uh, as always, Jenkins and Jones hosted by Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody, how's it going? With Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. Sleepy John. <laughs> What's up, Bubbles? I'm old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gardy V, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking, Motherfucking Mike. Mike. Motherfucking Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, and before we get to our interview with uh, KG, just a couple quick sports uh, things to talk about. First of all, um, Wemby has officially been, uh, he's doing the rounds. He's getting the car wash in San Antonio. The number one overall draft pick, Victor Wembanyama, uh, Wembanyama from France, seven foot, nineteen inches tall, uh, the biggest man you know that we will have seen in the NBA. Went out for dinner with Spurs legends Tim Duncan, David Robinson, uh, Manu was there, um, and man, Tim Sean Duncan Elliott and David. Ro- I feel like who, who, we don't give Sean Elliott enough props. Was, oh, player. you're right. Sean I'm Elliott sorry. Was there too, yeah. I, my apologies to Sean Elliott and his family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- th- those are some big people 
and they look like us standing next to Wemby. That was really that really bent my brain. That that was like the friend picture with the six foot five homie, like you know what I'm saying, like like that's what that shit looked like. You don't see people making, you know, fucking Sean Elliott was what six ten, fucking you know Admiral seven one, fucking Timmy was six eleven, seven foot, and he was just towering over those dudes. You don't see that, bro. It looked like there was only one basketball player in that pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else was just guys that you know had jobs. You know what I mean? That was crazy, but also it was interesting seeing. I didn't know David Robinson was a Force One guy. I could not have imagined David Robinson as a Forces. That's crazy to me, but, but yeah, Robinson, man. He has some Forces on? He has some Forces on. Yeah, him, the dude next to him, Wimby. Yeah, him, 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 him and Wimby man, had Forces yeah. on. Man, and Manu has some with yeah. them weird-ass pants. <laughs> you know, maybe that's some Argentinian shit. But, uh... Yeah, man, but uh, <laughs> you talk you said you talking a lot of shit about Timmy D. You <laughs> said that T shirt he had on was <laughs> that was hangs like a motherfucker. Dog. You saw Look, the nipples. I, you saw the nipples. <laughs> story. That's what told you the story. Hey, you feel me? hey I, I I know it's been proven time and time again that when we think wealthy people are dressing down, they're usually not. They're usually wearing like a five hundred dollar shirt, fifteen thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar jeans. That was not the case with Timmy. As a motherfucker who has worn a lot of Hanes t-shirts in my life, I know a Hanes t-shirt when I see a Hanes t-shirt. Yeah, that five pack. Tim Duncan, an arguable top ten player of all time, the best player in Spurs history. He had on a motherfucking Hanes five for fifteen dollars oh. a white tee, and that is legendary in my motherfucking book. See, yeah. this, this shit like this is why I wanted Wimby to go to San Antonio. All jokes aside, like Facts. I wanted him to, uh, real, real shit. I, I, I mean, the basketball shit. I wanted him to go to to a place where you know, like I said, I wanted him to go to a franchise that was going to you know, you know, uh, be responsible with his physical upkeep and with his basketball development, right? And and that's why I wanted him to go to San Antonio. But this is this is another reason why I wanted him to go to San Antonio. He's got some solid OGs who are going to be around him mentoring him right yeah some really grounded dudes are going to tell him what to do with his money who are going to you know you know be on being in his in his ear about you know you know how to how to you know handle his money right investors not to squander and all that and and that dinner was just like an example of that shit all those dudes were like you know fucking you know multi-time max guys you know except for like manu and they were out there looking like my uncles and shit like you know what i'm saying so Dude, yeah, I'm Tim, happy for Tim, Wimby, man. Tim Duncan walked in like he just mowed a lawn. Those are those are lawn mowing boots he had on. <laughs> I've mowed lawns. I mowed them for, for money in in high school, if not high school, but middle school. Those are the exact boots. I know what they look like when they've been beat up for mowing lawns, bro. He had them shits on, G. So yeah, love to see it, G. I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, also, <laughs> it seems like everything he wears is Nike. Is that the only thing he can wear? Like right now, like I mean, he obviously he gets things tailored and shit and. But like, I, I, every, every every time I've seen him, he's had on Nike. He's had Nike on. And I wonder, yeah. like, just athletic. I mean, at that size, you know, yeah, like, I, I, I mean, he's he's seven foot five. He can't just you know, fucking hop on the internet and order some shit, right? Nah, you know you, what I'm saying? Like, or he hit can't the ball hop on up, the, right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> but that's crazy. Um. Okay. Speaking of uh, of freak athletes, um, I I took Vinny to uh, shout out to uh my friend Andy Kerr, publisher of the Five Six Two. He he brought me and Vinny to go see a Dodgers Angels game at Angel Stadium last week, where Shohei Otani was pitching, and he had seats that were four rows behind home plate, almost close enough to feel the air coming off of a hundred mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. But I have to say. I've been around baseball quite a bit for the last 15 years of my life. 
I have seen 100 mile an hour fastballs from many different angles. I have never been sitting that close behind one. It's impossible. I don't know what these motherfuckers are doing. <laughs> that shit, like, I don't even know how you stand in the batter's box and look at it three times without shitting yourself. <laughs> 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 this shit's crazy. But the same person who's throwing those fastballs uh, went viral on Twitter, uh, home uh, hitting a home run off of a, a ball that was way inside from Kyle Freeland. He turned on it, smacked it out of the fucking park, and Kyle Freeland, the pitcher, it, you know, they catch him mouthing. How the fuck did you hit that? And it's a valid question, John. Bro, I texted y'all. I was like, this is the pitch, like, that you try to stay off of because it's extremely hard to hit. And then if you if you don't, you're just trying to get a piece of it and fight that motherfucker off. You know what I'm saying? And he turned on it, short armed that motherfucker and hit it out the park. Like, that's a pitch you know, like, you're just trying to get somebody to chase something. that It's unhittable if you're a pitcher, you know? So, like, it's just, it, the, his reaction was made so much sense to me because I don't understand at all. Like, how did you put bat on ball, let alone send that motherfucker out the park and at your size? I remember, like, I, like I, you know, I, I played or whatever, but I, I would, as, as a lefty, I, I had an open stance because of inside pitches because it's harder to turn on an inside pitch. So to, to catch up, I would have my stance open, you know what I'm saying, when batting against, you know, left lefties, you feel me? And, like, close stance, just just all hands and fast twitch muscles and hips, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, at his size, blew my mind. And I, told, I, was, I was talking to Rather, I was like, bro, I, Rather, Rather came in and she was like, what's wrong? And it was because I was on the tenth time watching the video, just shaking just my head, yeah, just yeah. like staring, like, "What the fuck? How did he do it?" You know, how, you know, I just didn't understand it. But I told Rod, I said, "We going, we going to the game, flat, flat out. We have to say we have seen him in real life. You feel well, me? Well, you know, it's not normal. He will be a Dodger next year." <laughs> And we were sitting close enough to yell at him, you'll look better in blue next year. But, uh, no, he, he'll, he'll be on the Dodgers next year. You come to a game with us, we'll catch Shohei pitching with Mookie playing too. You could check a lot of boxes with somebody in, <laughs> right, in one so. game. And baseball, <laughs> baseball is, uh, it's a, it's a, live is a fun experience. So we need to, need to pull up, man. There's no, it's no, yeah. no excuse for us not to have gone to me, to any. No doubt. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, KG Sojo B, our, uh, our expert aerospace engineer, to answer some questions. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process. Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, we had some painting done. We we're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are very excited to welcome on a special guest. Uh, when you get too old and too busy to hang out with your friends, you just have them on your podcast. That's the <laughs> easiest way to catch up with them. Uh, we're welcoming on. We said we're going to have an expert on to answer some stupid questions, uh, and we have a smart person to do that. My good friend, KG Sojobi, she's an aerospace engineer. KG, thanks for hopping on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think you're the fir- you're you're the first person who is in our wedding to be on the show, so I'm very excited. Ooh, about that. Char, Char's, wow. Char's, 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 Char was very excited. I I totally forgot to tell her you were coming on, and so I was <laughs> oh. like on the on the way. I think it was on the way home earlier today. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to see KG tonight. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, oh, she's yeah. she's coming on the podcast. <laughs> what an honor that is. <laughs> yeah. All right, KG. Well, uh, as I mentioned, you're an aerospace engineer. We I don't know how we got on the topic of the fact that it does not seem possible to us that planes fly i was watching <laughs> i was watching uh with some with some baby i was watching we were at the airport for like too long you know what i mean because the flight yeah. was delayed and i was watching planes fly and i said that's one of the things to me that i still think like is magic like i it, oh. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it doesn't seem like we should be able to do that the planes are too heavy it don't seem like they're moving fast enough to be like to yeah. to begin to, begin to fly so yeah I think that's right. but, it, but it, it occurred to me as John was talking about this. So I was like, I do actually have a good friend who understands, I think, how planes fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that I could be of service. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> that, is, that is a pretty cool thing about, yeah, just knowing different people. But yeah, no, like I, one of my favorite quotes is something about, I'm, I'm going to completely butcher it, but something about how, um, like, you know, deepest kind of science i guess often looks like magic until we understand it and so yeah it definitely doesn't make sense just not like thinking about it too deeply that something like especially you know like aircraft carriers or not aircraft carriers but like um massive like you know jumbo jet type things should be able to fly so yeah so how Please, yeah. please, yeah. please. Yeah. please. Yeah. Like five years this. old. How right. exactly yes. do planes fly? So, um, I guess the most basic 
aspect of it is like basic forces of lift and drag. Um, and drag is what it sounds like, you know, forces that act on something when it's moving to kind of keep it from moving. Mm -hmm. And lift is a force, also the way it sounds, um, that lifts something up. So um, the way that airplanes are designed, uh, they kind of, humans to kind of started looking at birds first when thinking about how to like, you know, achieve flight and everything. Mm -hmm. Birds have these wings that have a certain kind of a surface area on them. And because there is an atmosphere in our world, um, as opposed to being on a place like the moon, mm -hmm. where you would have to figure out flight in a different way, um, the air of our atmosphere does have a mass, um, something that you could uh, create resistance against mm -hmm. with, you know, a certain kind of a surface area on it. So airplanes with their wings, um, they are designed to have uh, a surface area of the wings that would um, amount to, well, that would create the kind of lift that you need to get off the ground and to hover, basically. And so on top of that basic part of it, once you add the um, type of like thrust you can get from certain engines, then when you're going at certain speeds, you also can add to your lift in a sense. Um, I haven't looked at exact formulas and whatnot in a really long time. I tend to work more on the space side of things mm -hmm. in my job, but um, yeah, I think that is very subtle. Very way. subtle flex. Very <laughs> subtle flex. <laughs> not not that subtle. Oh, that no. gave me chills, yeah. baby. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually not oh, worried God. about how things. Different. I'm actually not worried about how things fly on this oh. planet. You feel me? You feel me? That I was very like undergrad. I sounded like a jerk. That was gross. Yeah. No. That, that was uh, yeah. That was my sort of pompous way of saying that I can't remember everything that I learned in college. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I hope that my kind of like super general overview makes a little bit more sense um, in terms of, yeah, just the forces that are acting on um, crafts like an airplane to keep them in the air. Um, something that I like thinking about a lot that kind of <laughs> helps to ease any anxieties, I think, in a lot of people mm -hmm. is that um, planes aren't known for just falling out of the sky left and right, particularly because of that wing design. Um, the engines are what really make them go, but let's say you lose an engine um, with a good pilot, as you're supposed to always have a good pilot on these flights, <laughs> you can still maneuver the plane to like, you know, hover and float down because of that surface area. It's like when you have a, I don't know, just this piece of paper, like, the way paper, like when you throw it, throw it up in the air, mm -hmm. it'll kind of like, you know, drift mm -hmm. as opposed to just sinking to the ground. It's because it's got that surface area and there's a lift kind of keeping it up for a little while. Um, it's another reason why I'm kind of... Disclaimer, I haven't studied how helicopters work exactly, so I don't fully understand that kind of flight, mm -hmm. but I don't like that they don't have wings with large surface areas <laughs> so that once they do lose you know their their engines 
they can, you know, they don't, they don't have that like hovering capability. I feel like that's why you see so many of them just kind of go crazy as soon as the engine's gone. Like, so anyway, so we've yeah. confirmed that helicopters are magic. Like we can explain <laughs> scientifically how planes fly, but helicopters less so. That's just me not being able to explain that. So I don't know if I would go that far. Well, you're the only me... aerospace engineer here. So <laughs> <laughs> let me go do some studying and then come back about helicopters. But know that on an airplane, you're, you're, you're pretty safe in terms of, you know, if anything were to go wrong, like it would need to be like everything is destroyed generally for <laughs> the plane to not be able to stay up anymore. Yeah. So, okay. So, so this, this is random as hell, right? Um, I saw a tweet where, do y'all remember the, the Incredibles movie? Dash, the little fast baby, right? And you Love remember that, that, that one scene yeah, when he was running from the bad guys and he was going so fast that he ran across water. He didn't believe that he was running across water. Well, they had okay. that tweet up, right? And someone tweeted, this is the same reason that planes can fly Newton's third law of physics. Is that correct or incorrect? Because I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> That's really interesting. Okay, hold on just a second. Do you have I a book you looking at? I remember which law... Well, it's funny enough, I I did pull this out okay. college, but I'm actually going to Google something. Okay, instead. okay. I thought she was... Um, so, because I, I can never remember which law is which. So, Newton's third law states that, oh, that's the one about every action having an equal and opposite reaction. So, is that like the lift and drag you were talking about? Well, yes. Lift and drag Is are, drag inertia? Is, does that have anything to do with it? Uh, drag works with, yeah, drag works with inertia. Okay. Like inertia basically says that um, a, um, I think that's Newton's second law. Ugh, don't quote me on okay, all okay, this. Okay. I need to check that again. But inertia says that um, an object at rest um, will remain at rest mm -hmm. unless, you know, acted on by another force. Mm -hmm. Same thing with an object in motion will remain in motion unless acted on by um, a force to to stop it. So, um, yeah, the equal and opposite um, reactions and dash running on water and airplanes in flight. I mean, I I guess I have to think about that some more. I think she's but, calling. Yeah. I think she's calling BS on the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I cannot believe Twitter wanna, misinformed like, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of those things that yeah, people will come on and they'll say things and they'll be super vague and like I mean, yeah, it kind of sounds it sounds very smart for sure. <laughs> but I know it's definitely going to take me a second to really see. I'm not going to discount it, yeah, yeah. but I, I need to like really think that through. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm discounting it. So I, I'm my last. <laughs> I, I've got a couple more questions about planes. One is mm -hmm. so this is very stupid, and you know that this is not anything that I understand. But my thought was always that the engines were basically so strong. I like I was completely unaware of how I guess really of how important the wings are. I always thought the engines were so strong that it was basically like if you start off underwater on the bottom of a pool and then you swim up and swim forward. And then if I were to like turn my face down and then swim back down, that's kind of what I thought engines were doing. But Wait. that's that <laughs> no, explain that one more time. If like, you're at the bottom of a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I thought like me going from the bottom of a pool up, swimming forward and then going back down, I thought that was like how planes work. That it was like the the engines 
picked it up and push it forward and then you'd sort of just point the plane down and the engines oh. would like drive the plane down and that's really not the case at all they sort of more so like it's more of a controlled guided fall. slingshot is that like <laughs> accurate <laughs> so i would say that the engines uh provide um so they provide a thrust to get you to the velocity that you need in order for the lift to the the lifting force of the atmosphere around you to like lift that or to lift yeah. you up yeah um and then once you're in the air they maintain your velocity the engines uh the thrust they help yeah. you maintain but they're not velocity. shooting you back they're down not- at the ground when you land correct when it comes to landing <laughs> when it comes to landing it's a lot of the again the surfaces that are helping you get to where you need to go so like they call them control surfaces on the wings um they will change the shape of the wing to um like start to change the amount of lift that you're getting and um help you start to descend so yeah it's um like this is one thing i think about a lot you know the emojis for like, you know, taking off and landing and whatnot. The landing emoji always has a plane, like, you know, with the nose down, um, which is bad. That's not what should be happening. <laughs> um, because yeah, the wing, the uh, plane still needs to have a certain, um, an angle of attack is what they call it in order for you to get that lift. And you still have to have um, a certain amount, like, Basically, when you're landing, well, first off, you wouldn't want to be nose down anyway, because you're just you're going to hit the ground. But um, the wings need to have a positive angle of attack uh, to give you control Mm. of like your lift values as you're coming in. This sounds not great (laughs) as I'm saying it, but I hope it kind of makes sense. I mean, I mean, I I always thought that they just kind of, you know, let off the gas, so to speak, you know, reduce (laughs) speed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought they did. Yeah, plateaus down. Is that not the case? Yeah. So there is a a letting off the gas a little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but they're not completely like cutting the engines. Mm. You know, for example, it's it's not foot completely off the gas. What speed must they reach? You know, for it to get that lift. I mean, for a plane that heavy, it seems like it would be faster than what I'm looking at. But maybe it's moving faster than what I think it's moving when I see it, like, taking off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is part of it. Um, like, you've seen, like, rocket launches as yeah, well. Yeah, um, Like, to leave the Earth's atmosphere. Um, oh, this is bad. I can't remember the exact number. But it's on the order of tens of thousands of... Um, miles an hour that uh rocket is um needing to reach in order to leave the earth or um, in order to escape the gravity yeah 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 yeah. that makes sense or in order to get up to orbit rather um and it never it doesn't look that fast definitely at the start Mm -hmm. as you're watching it um i feel like similarly an airplane um once you get to like cruising altitudes you are at you know hundreds of miles an hour um and you are on the way to reaching that speed as you go to take off um and i think there is an element of scale like when you are um in when you're at the gate you know looking out the window Mm -hmm. watching planes take off Mm -hmm. um us being as small as we are and then being as far away from us as we are 
I, I think that is the reason why they don't look like they're going as fast as they are. If it was but a person, they're... we would think they were fucking, you know what I'm yes. saying, going a trillion <laughs> miles is... an hour. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something think they're that going helps faster me. than they're yeah. actually going. You know, if it was well, yeah. somebody running. That's something yeah. that helps me actually to like picture, <sighs> like think of that plane as like a person mm-hmm. instead. That's when you start to really yeah. see the scale and see how fast it really is moving. Does this so. science make you feel more comfortable or not? Like my sister's a doctor and I think because she knows certain things, it makes her, as a parent, it makes her, it's made her less comfortable because she knows things that she might not want to know thinking about her child. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Do, yeah. When, when you're getting on a plane or, you know, do you think about certain things or does it, does this not just make you more comfortable or just wonder? I think there's a lot that makes me more comfortable. Okay. Like it's cool to know, you know, that there is science backed by the engineering that created these things. And yeah, that's why I can feel pretty comfortable that a plane's probably not just going to fall out of the sky. Um, It's interesting though. uh, The things that do kind of get into my head are having worked in engineering and been behind the scenes a little bit more and understood um, the more paperwork side of things Mm -hmm. that goes into these. That's where I can start to get a little bit um, like, you know, on edge uh, because, you know, there are industry standards, you know, for example, that need to be met in terms of procedures that are used to um, create the drawings for certain parts mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to get approvals for changes to certain kinds of engineering and things like that. And um, I think a good example of where my nervousness can come in is, you know, the Boeing 737 Max, like they had those airplanes mm-hmm. um, that the, um, they, <laughs> those were very bad examples of this, but <laughs> planes that just essentially like, you know, fell out of the sky, sort right. of like really disastrous situations. Um, and then there was a Netflix documentary that came out it was last year or the year before um, where they went into the investigation as to what happened with those. And a lot of the problem there came from just um, corners that were cut along the way when it came to making sure certain standards were met. Um, Ocean Quest shit. And yeah. yeah, yeah, man, exactly. So I, I was thinking that might lead. Yeah, that's a great transition. Thanks for, thanks for thanks th- for thanks for being segue so Juby. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Um, you know, we like j- we had already asked you to be on, and then obviously the last week, uh, Twitter became um, not aeronautic engineering experts, but nautical engineering experts um, with all of the craziness with the Ocean Gate thing. Y- you you mentioned how exacting and specific and regulated every aspect of traveling up from the surface of earth is. (laughs) And, you know, in this case, there's obviously been a ton of reporting about exactly how little regulation there is around people who decide that they want to go down from the earth's surface. Um, And I'm just curious from, from your perspective, obviously you have a very specific expertise um, in kind of the, you know, the, in the aerospace engineering, but as an engineer, as this story is unfolding with the Ocean Gate submarine, you've got to be doing some different thoughts and math in your head around pressure and all that yeah. kind of stuff than we were doing, just sort of refreshing the timeline to see if there was an update. Is that, is that right? What were you kind of thinking as this was unfolding? Yeah, I was definitely thinking about um, just the the math and the science around what it would take to have a 
a vehicle that human beings would be safe inside descending to the depths of the ocean that they were trying to reach. Um, yeah, the pressures increase like crazy, the further down into the ocean that you go, water is very heavy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to put it like, you know, simply. And, um, I remember reading earlier in the week that, um, the vessel that they were in, the Titan was rated to go down to something like 13,000 feet only, but they were trying to reach like, you know, what was it two and a half miles down, like much more than 13,000 feet. Um, is where the Titanic site was. And I, from that point, my mind immediately jumps to, again, like, how in the world was it legal for them to run a business mm -hmm. not meeting those basic standards? Again, like those industry standards. Um, you know, I started reading more and more about how letters had been written, like, you know, people in the industry had been calling out this company for not meeting certain industry standards. And I, I couldn't understand um, how much of a lack of regulation, like you were saying there is apparently like, I guess, you know, um, I was talking with some coworkers about it this week and it's like, yeah, the, the company was based on land, you know, in the United States, where there are certain laws they have to follow. But like, I guess, once you get out into the ocean, you know, international waters, they're just <laughs> things that you don't have to, you know, certain, like, just things that you don't have to go through to be able to right. um, go through these things. And uh, I mean, it, it's pretty basic stuff, I would think, um, like basic engineering, to make sure that you comply with before you even think about, I mean, even getting into that vessel yourself. Um, and I, yeah, it seems to me that this wasn't a case of like, oops, mistakes in engineering or um, mistakes in the math and calculations. It seems more that, I, I, I don't know, it, it almost just seems like they were just trying to I don't know. Is, is that, <laughs> I don't is even it, know what I'm trying to say. Is there a dollar amount that you would have be, been willing to get into that vehicle for? Mm, I don't think so. No, not for some private company. Like maybe there's a world in which, like you know, if I if I if I had chosen that as my field, you know, to you know explore the depths of the ocean and i was working with you know a reputable organization like maybe something government funded where they really were sticklers about following mm -hmm. the rules then if it's my job then yeah i would get in there i i don't know that it would ever be my job but you know i would do yeah. it then but never never with a company like this i feel like this was a little bit of a um another example of this kind of the the brashness of like startup culture <laughs> And, um, like, you know, the, the CEO of the company, he's quoted as saying things about how, like, you know, like, yeah, other companies who've been trying to do the same kinds of things, like they stick very close to standards and, you know, follow rules, but there's not a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. And he said this in sort of a braggadocious way, like he was trying to innovate and like you know I, I i i translated that in my mind to like you know 
grow the capital of the company, you know, increase profits and, you know, just get people excited about all this stuff. Um, and I, I think that we have seen that there is a lot of danger to that thinking without really prioritizing, um, I mean, human lives first. Like if you're going to try to innovate, like, um, don't put people in the vessels, you know, like SpaceX, for example, um, talking about startup culture. I think uh, there were lots of ways in which a lot of these space companies coming up now, including SpaceX, have sort of like, you know, just tried to do things differently, tried to um, increase the speed of manufacturing and all this kind of stuff and kind of going, not going around standards, but just sort of seeing what they could get away with. Um, But in working with the, you know, major organization of the United States, NASA, uh, to get their work, you know, across. Um, they have had to maintain uh, certain standards as far as like, you know, well, you're not going to put any human beings on any of these flights mm-hmm. until, you know, certain things are met. And it's, yeah, really tragic to me. And I just couldn't believe that the same kinds of restrictions aren't in place for um, nautical yeah. expeditions. Well, we said on the last pod, it's like, you can't, the cops can't pull you over 10,000 feet under the ocean. Like that's, part, but like that's part of it. Right. It's literally just that it's like, well, if you're going down there, like we mm. can't follow you or, you know, like, I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it, it feels like that's part of it to me. Whereas obviously rocket launches, you know, aerospace, it's very public, right. It, you know, like there's no, like the, uh. the, the, the it, you know, if the, the boat's not just going into the ocean and then dropping you off and then you disappear. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, do, guys, do you have any? Oh, do you have any like cool outer space stuff to talk about, guys? Do you have any other outer? That's Katie's uh, actual expertise is, <laughs> is is rocket science. So. I, have, I have one question about the. I was watching some video and it said that it the the crushing the it got crushed so fast that it was like a nanosecond, like it was before. The brain, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, the nervous video, system that, yeah. could even register. It could, could it even like register one millisecond, and it takes like thirty milliseconds for the nervous system. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Video. So yeah. it was like it was before the brain could even register that it saw something. There is something happened, right? But what it hmm. what really tripped me out was that apparently there was an explosion that happened because um, the air has to release that that's inside of the vessel. Um, that it said it happened so fast with the pressure and the air that the heat in there equaled this the heat of the sun which turned <laughs> them into mush like yeah. all in a nanosecond like in a yeah. percentage of a second i mean is because that, is that, that, is that i'm wondering that was that cat i mean it was a I, I, i'm not smart i mean it makes I, I mean, sense I, but i to me but also like i can't there's no, I know science. I don't know the science behind it to say if it didn't make yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist either, but I do know that heat on a fucking, you know, on a fundamental level is molecules moving extremely quickly, right? And if those mm-hmm. molecules are moving fast as fuck, I'm sure it got hot as hell in there too. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, what I'm thinking is, um, yeah, some of those basic equestri- uh, equations then of um, like that govern how gases behave. You've got kind of like the PV equals NRT thing, pressure times volume equals, you know, a bunch of coefficients times temperature. So like as pressure increases, you're going to get an increase like their um, uh, 
pressure goes as temperature goes like higher pressure, higher okay. temperature is kind Jeez. of a thing. And so, um, yeah, thinking about that kind of event, I mean, it is, yeah, ridiculous amount of pressure. If their vessel was not equipped to, um, equalize that, uh, yeah, it makes sense to me that you would have a lot like a big heat reaction there when it was that's crushed. really interesting yeah yeah they said like per body what is it like a million over a million like like per yeah, per, per square it's like, per, it's it's like, like, it's like a, uh, some, some go ahead go ahead go ahead the, just the just the water i think was like fifteen thousand psi but then per you're talking about inch. the actual pressure exerted by per, the vacuum but if you created add, when it if imploded you, right. but the, per square Ooh. inch but like square inch over the a human body yeah, yeah then there was right. five human bodies and i think you're not even it's the vessel. I think. I think it would be the vessel alone because that's what the the air is coming out, not mm -hmm. the body. So yeah. like, right. it was the size of a van. That's. I mean, that's. I mean, based on what you're saying, that's like it was a ton, ton, a ton, a ton of pressure at one at a split second. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess that would equal the heat of the sun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. Really yeah, I'm gonna look that up yeah. and see the explanation for that. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's terrible either way. Um, and I, yeah, I truly can't believe that it was allowed to happen. That's the thing that keeps getting me. Like, yeah, it sounds like this vehicle was truly not supposed to be down there. So, oh. from an engineering perspective, it was a thumbs down. Oh, major thumbs down too. <laughs> <laughs> Two big thumbs down. So, so you know, um, you know, deep sea vessels like this—they have to worry about extreme pressure, right? Like, you know, for from the aeronautic um, angle, is it like the opposite spectrum where you have to worry about like a lack of pressure and how to prevent that, like, or? Mm. Yeah, in space, uh, yeah, when you are outside of the Earth's atmosphere, um, and not dealing with any atmosphere at all it's the lack of pressure that you're kind of dealing with and um so you want to make sure basically it's always all about balance you're wanting to make sure that you're equalized and that there's not any kind of built-up pressure inside of your vessel that will cause an explosion um uh so um yeah that's uh why you know spacesuits and whatnot are important, mm -hmm. for example, for um, people who go out and do spacewalks and everything. Like that's why when you see in some of these movies, like you know, if a person were to get like sucked out of a space mm -hmm. vehicle or something out in space, and they kind of just like you know explode <laughs> because of the lack of pressure out in space while there is pressure inside of the human mm -hmm. body, um, and. Uh, so yeah, you could say it's kind of opposites uh, with aircraft, like here on the planet, there's still uh, atmosphere to deal with. So it depends on what elevation you are flying at. But um, yeah, getting back to like just commercial jets, the ones that we fly on, um, definitely the higher up in elevation that you go, the less pressure there is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, that is why the... Um, sort of airflow and like again equalization of our atmosphere inside of these aircrafts is important so, you were talking yeah. about like how it takes tens of thousands of like i think you, you did you say that you have to go like tens of thousands of miles per hour to get out of the the earth the order of that yeah, the, yeah. yeah let me i'm wondering like how much does it take to get back being that there's no atmosphere in space like how much pressure 
does it take to get back? And also, how are you navigating being that there's no atmosphere to use to kind of navigate? Like, how are you navigating um, in space? So coming, so navigating in space, um, I would, I don't want to overstate it. I'd say the main thing there is a use of, a use of the thrust from like propulsion, Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, elements and just direction of those. So yeah, you don't have an atmosphere um, to like, get lift from Mm -hmm. from your control surfaces but like let's say you've got a little engine that's spouting out um exhaust Mm -hmm. essentially um the force of that exhaust leaving the vehicle propels you forward Mm -hmm. so you can control the speed via that and then also you can control your direction by being able to like gimbal the um direction of the exhaust of that engine Mm -hmm in a way. So um, that is what's used to, let's say you've got a vehicle on orbit. Um, that's what's used to help direct you back towards um, the planet to sort of start to fall out of orbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, depending on the application, like depending on um, how, you know, high your orbit is, the elevation or altitude rather, um and depending on the size of your vehicle um you kind of yeah you you get your additional velocity from your engines that you have on board Mm. the craft so um and yeah as far as what it takes to get back into the earth's atmosphere um like uh velocity wise you kind of just start to fall back to earth and um there's not a lot of control like in terms of um not that there's not a lot of control but like you are in a lot of ways at least for lots of the re-entry just at the mercy of gravity um and then you start to employ your slowdown tactics after a certain point that's when you'll see um well You'll have um, like the heat shields mm-hmm. on um, certain aircraft, not only helping to um, decrease the amount of heat going into the vehicle, but just helping to kind of like, you know, slow you down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll eventually get your parachutes coming out the back, that kind of a thing. But yeah, when it comes to coming back into the planet, you're kind of just falling <laughs> back and trying to control the fall. It's so crazy that this cr- this machine that was used to travel through, like to get out of the Earth's, Earth's atmosphere, go into space, come back, and then it pops a parachute. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like there's yeah, so like it's much like really amazing basic. science that went into getting it to where it's supposed to go. And then it's just like, you know, hey, this works. So we're going <laughs> to yeah. pop a parachute yeah. right quick, you know, to help yeah. slow it down. But that's something yeah. so funny about that. But yeah. That is one cool thing about engineering. Um, the best engineering takes into account like the simplest solutions. Mm-hmm. And so like, if it doesn't need to be more than a parachute, right, right. Yeah, use a parachute. Um, I am just double checking the escape velocity, by the way. Um, and the escape velocity is the speed that you need to, you know, escape the surface of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 40,000 kilometers per hour thereabouts. 
Um, so yeah, tens of thousands of miles an hour on that order. That it. doesn't sound that doesn't sound fun to me either. Um, KG, you, <laughs> you are uh, you, you know I, it's been so cool for those of us who've known you for a long time to see you getting some. Uh, recognition lately for being um, such an awesome trailblazer in your field, but I know you were on uh, Netflix's Ada Twist Scientist special. Um, yeah. You know, you're you're a rock star in our family. But can you just share a little bit of your journey? You know, being um, you know Nigerian immigrant family and growing up in Southern California and and being obviously a very successful black woman in engineering. Like, what, what can you just share a little bit with our listeners? I guess about what your journey has been. Sure. Yeah. Um, like you said, Nigerian immigrants. I was born in Nigeria. I'm the firstborn. Um, and we came here, my parents and I, when I was a toddler. Uh, we got to LA in 1985. And my parents were immediately just hustling to make, you know, life for us. Uh, I've got two younger siblings who were both born in LA. And, um, yeah, being Nigerian, <laughs> um, education was like, top of the mind for the family um so uh we are all people always note that me and my siblings are all very accomplished and i feel like we don't think too much about it because it was very just this is what it's going to be um my brother is also an engineer he's a software engineer and my sister's a lawyer um and uh which which yeah. which one of your parents most feel like needed to do a little bit more is it <laughs> is it like which which one of you did not get enough degrees for your mom and dad <laughs> it's so funny you say that my parents are one thing uh but like i have had an aunt <laughs> once comment like why couldn't one of you guys have been a doctor <laughs> like why didn't you just like even things out a little bit <laughs> like too many engineers <laughs> so that, that that is the funny thing about nigerians <laughs> but um yeah uh as far as me i i've always loved math and science and um i kind of honed in on engineering in high school when i realized that um as far as sciences go i prefer physics to biology like i thought i was going to be a doctor for a while but i decided to leave the biology side of things um and then i've always loved space so uh aerospace engineering was my choice um i went to ucla and studied that um it was hard uh <laughs> but i got through and uh yeah and just I to be clear the way that my wife and kg became friends they sang in the same group together at ucla i was like a yes. one of a couple uh like roadies basically for that group but it was <laughs> yeah. like obviously heavy liberal arts emphasis and so like char would be talking about taking a religion class with someone who is like like with val or someone who's like oh and we were reading this and then kg would be over there figuring out like double checking the escape velocity Oh man, speaking of our singing group, no, I really did like it was such a highlight experience of my time in college being in that singing group, Random Voices, um, because I got to meet so many people just doing different things from me. It was cool to be an engineer who had a religious studies major for a really good friend. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been working in my field now. Geez, I graduated in 2007, which was 16 years ago. Now, can't believe it. We're all old. Um, yeah, we are all old. And um, yeah, I've done a lot of different things in the industry. I did work on aircraft for my first um, seven 
or eight years or so. Um, but again, space has always been my first love. And so I've always been trying to find my way towards doing that exclusively. Sorry if you heard that. That's my dog. <laughs> <Shaking> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so now I um, work on the design of space vehicle mechanisms, like mechanisms, just any moving mechanical assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, as, as far as Ada Twist, um, that was, I feel like that was just one of these lucky universe things i got um a message from one of the producers of the live action segments of this animated show um this would have been in october i think of 2020 she said she'd gotten my name from a mutual contact that we had in the aerospace industry said that they were trying to make a kids like you know a series of science videos for kids asked if i would be interested and i just um kind of got into the mode of saying yes to the next thing. I didn't know what this was. Uh, She asked if I would like to meet to talk. And I said, sure, I can meet to talk. And after that, she was like, okay, maybe we can now get together and have a brainstorming session about things you might be able to talk about. And I was like, sure, we can do that. I just kept saying yes and yes and yes until we recorded these videos. And then they told me this is going to be for Netflix. Um, This is based off of these kids books and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I initially started saying yes because I really do love outreach and um, just talking to people, but especially kids um, and like, you know, young students about STEM stuff, you know, science, engineering. Um, and this seemed like a good way to do that on a grand scale. And it has been really cool to hear from not only like friends who've been watching the show with their kids, but like, you know, strangers just talking about how cool it was to see me talking about some of the stuff that I've gotten to work on. Um, I get really excited when I see kids excited about science stuff. Um, yeah, I think science and math are, um, they're often taken for granted as just like hard or like, you know, only very special people can really get into them. Um, and I don't think that has to be the case, you know, not everybody has to grow up to become an engineer or whatever, but I think we can all do science. I think we can all, you know, understand, you know, at least some basics of math. It's just a matter of, um, being encouraged in that. And, um, I mean, yeah, what you guys have done here has been science. You've been asking the questions and being curious and like, you know, testing hypotheses and all that kind of stuff. Are you giving us honorary doctorates? (laughs) Yes. I'm bestowing upon. (laughs) (laughs) I bestow upon all of you. You (laughs) (laughs) All right, KG, thank you so much for making time for us and answering some uh, some some very elementary questions. We really appreciate it. Thanks for, for coming sure. on. Appreciate thank you so much for so having much, me. So much. It was good to talk to you guys. So much thanks fun. Our thanks to KG for hopping on. Uh, we didn't talk too much about it, but as I mentioned at the end there, um, KG is also a very talented musician, singer, um, singer-songwriter, and you can search her on Instagram, KG Sojobi. Uh, and uh, follow her there uh, for all music and science uh, purposes. But yeah, that was that was awesome. I I love the idea of doing a like you know maybe sometime in July we have readers sending questions like ask a scientist and then KG could explain them as simply as possible. I think that would be a lot of fun. 
I think it just yeah. I, she was so much fun, dude. We should have her on as much as possible, honestly. For sure. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we got. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for fucking with us. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. 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 Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.